and welcome to the One Degree Shift podcast. I'm your host, Eric Termundi, and I'm excited to introduce you to the wonderful guests I've got on season two and the little things they're doing to create a more intentional future for themselves, for their teams, and for the communities around them. I hope you enjoy. Carrie Twig, thank you so much for joining the One Degree Shift podcast. How are you today? Really super, super. Yeah. How about you? I'm great. Uh, Partially because I've been looking forward to this conversation for for a while, not just because of the news that you've got, which we'll get to in a second, but we've been connected uh, for a long time. And I feel like this conversation has been a long time coming. So, So thank you for being here. Yeah, no problem. As my listeners will know, I don't like to stumble through biographies. Uh, I like to have our guests introduce themselves. Now, you particularly have some exciting news to share. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what excites you most? Yeah, so exciting news. I wrote a book. (laughs) So Carrie Twig, I wrote a book. Uh, It's called The Career Stories Method. Uh, I've been working with people for like 20 years, helping them to figure out their stories. I finally took all my methods and put it into one book with lots of exercises. Um, but mainly, like if you want the snippet, I help people figure out what makes them awesome and then how to use that to have a great career. That's what I do. Okay. So let's dive right in then. Yeah. The career stories method has mm-hmm. a series of parts. What was it that sort of started you on this journey of, of, of building out the method? What was some of the what were some of the problems that you saw or some of the inefficiencies that you saw in people perhaps not identifying what made them awesome and then not translating that into getting them a job that could highlight that awesomeness and ensure that they were happy and, and fulfilled? Yeah. So one of the most popular career coach questions that people ask is uh, like, what did you achieve in your last job? Mm. So like everyone starts there. And that's actually one of the worst ways to define your career by just going by accomplishments. So I saw that there was like a weakness that I was like, I know that the secret to finding your awesome has to be in something that you've done before, but you might not have done it in your job and it might not be an accomplishment, right? Like the, so I was finding that people were like, I accomplished this. So they're like, I created a filing system and uh, it, it like reduced work hours by like 10 hours a week and uh, everyone could find what they wanted. And I also created a project management system and it streamlined all the work and they're really proud. I'm like, cool. Uh, but then at the end of a coaching session, they would be like, oh, but you know, I have the greatest joy when I'm like coaching this soccer team. And I'm like, mm. well, th- that's what we want to get into. Cause mm. you're, you're selling yourself as this like person who fixes systems, but actually mm. your joy is in leadership. So your accomplishment mm. story from your work doesn't actually help you in, in finding what makes you awesome. It's just what you accomplish and what other people appreciate sure. about you. Yeah. Tell so, me a little, tell me a little bit about the balance between what makes you awesome and what skills and requirements that you've got. And, and, and we might want to take sort of the, the alternate perspective in being a recruiter or something like that. What might somebody be looking for to ensure that, yes, of course, they're qualified and, and, and educated or, or have the skills to do the job. But what you're telling me is that might not be what makes them awesome or their differentiator. Where does that balance live? Yeah. So the first step is you find your awesome mm-hmm. and that's like the dreamy and you like love yourself and you feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're like, well, where can I use that? And what are the skills that you need for that? Right. And then okay. you can pull in the other. So they're they're. I think one is more of like a self-reflection, like clarity. 
And then the other is once you know that, where could you use that? And then what are they looking for that you need to talk about? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, they're not going to care that you coached a soccer team. <laughs> sure. 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 <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's take this into uh, like a real life example. What makes you yeah. awesome? And what was that process for you in discovering that component? I, yeah. So what makes me awesome is I am super at helping people. I'm really great at building programs, whether they are like virtual or in person, super mm-hmm. at that. I'm really great at problem solving, usually in the muck, like beside someone, not like um, big scale. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what makes me awesome. And the way I figured it out is that I was, I had a job where I made no money. So I worked in the arts, I made no money at all. <laughs> um <laughs> cried about it, uh, even though I had like a master's degree and I was accomplishing things. So, and I used to write plays. Do you, have you done any like creative writing stuff? Uh, as a hobby, not as a profession by any means. Okay. When you, when you map out, cause you do like keynotes, right? When you, when you yeah, map out I'm, keynotes, do you ever do it on like index cards to like find uh, the arc okay, of the Occasionally. Story? Yeah. So I've got my book rethink work back here too. And that was part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So what I did, cause I used to write plays is I thought, okay, if I'm telling the story of my career, cause it can't just be on the arts, like what are the scenes that are important? Mm-hmm. So, and instead of going, what did I accomplish? I just went, when, like, what did you do when you were happiest at work? And I figured out those moments and wrote them on index cards. And when I looked at each of the stories, I, I could see that the thing that I kept doing over and over again was helping people being in the muck, <laughs> building right, programs. Right, right. So the themes that came out yeah. from, from those different stories. Okay. Yeah. So then I took that and went, well, where could I use that? I can either be like a teacher or I could go to social work or I could go mm-hmm. into HR. And I was like, well, which one? Because I'm crying about money. Which one pays the most? <laughs> like at the sure. time, that's what I yeah. like, cared about. Uh, and so I did HR. And so mm-hmm. went and like, did an HR certificate and then had to sell that story. And so I had to look at what they were looking for and going, what have I already done mm-hmm. that, that I could relate? And it was changing words, right? right. And it was like tweaking, tweaking a couple of things. So, I mean... It's funny when you say changing a couple of words and tweaking a couple of things. When I look at the <laughs> essence of, of what a one degree shift is, it's the courage, the vulnerability and, and self-leadership to be able to take those steps, knowing that it might not be perfect the first time in this uh, process of continuously improving. So at what point then were your stories ready to take to that first Uh, let's just say that first opening. And what did you learn along the way as you made those one degree shifts and iterations? Yeah. So first openings, not smart because I would go for like HR generalist roles. Right. Right. Not paying attention to the things that made, I was like, Oh, I'm in HR now, not going Mm -hmm. back to like the, where am I doing the best work? (laughs) Like they weren't related. And then trying to sell myself as this like very serious HR person who was really into, I even pretended, I think, to be into, um, to unions. <laughs> like, oh yeah. A networking event and talked okay. to the church director and knew they worked at the CBC, which had a union. And I was of like, course. Oh, yeah. Yep. She's like, what do you love about HR? And I was like, unions. <laughs> like, tell me, tell me more about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like, and then I wasn't getting any bites and, and yep. then I was like, okay, I need, I need to switch it up and bring back that awesome. So, I went to this one job in, or I saw actually a job ad for a career coach in outplacement. So specifically okay. when companies are laying people off, mm-hmm. they hire people to come mm-hmm. the day of and then coach the manager how to deliver the news 
And then uh, I would meet the person right after they experienced job loss. And that was the job was doing that. And I was like, oh, that job is like helping people. It's building these coaching programs to give them. And we're in the muck. In the muck, for sure. We're in the muck. And so I just told stories about, you know, a counseling someone I was making art with. I told stories about um, like meeting like frustrated teachers who didn't know how to teach art and building a program to help them. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so I just related the most transferable skills that I could. And I did that in our resume. And when I showed up at the job interview, I didn't pretend that I came, I didn't pretend I didn't come from drama, but Mm -hmm. I was able to go, this is why my drama background is going to help people. Yeah. Very interesting. So, you know, what's, what's coming up for me is, Look, this idea of, of pretending, who yeah. hasn't pretended that they want something that, that they don't want before? What was the realization for you then in the shift from seeing something that you thought or you pretended that you want or you told yourself you wanted, maybe yeah. because of the title, maybe because of your education or your certification that you just got to making that shift? In, oh, no, no, this is actually what I'll thrive in because I, I can see listeners, perhaps even myself looking at something like this. And I've told myself that I've wanted a lot of things that might look good or feel good or sound good that might not be true to, true to my heart or, or true yes. to their hearts. What, what did that look like? Well, I think it was not getting the bites. And then it was also, you know, like at work, like, so I had this arts job, but a lot of it was administration and policy. And I asked to do HR type stuff. Yeah. And being like, this isn't working. And I guess I felt like if I had done, like I had done the degree, so it didn't make sense. Like it didn't make sense for me if I was making this shift. Yeah. It didn't make sense to go for something that I wasn't going to feel good in. Mm -hmm. Right. And I also couldn't see myself like thriving, right? Like in the administration of it. So tell me what thriving feels like if you haven't been there yet, because I mean, I think we all want to picture ourselves like, you know, when I see these career stories developing, I think that we all have this end goal of where we want to go. The problem with the end goal of where we want to go is that often, obviously we haven't experienced it yet. So we've kind of got this dream or this vision of what it might look like being in this position without having been there yet. And then realizing, wait a second, this might not have been what I expected. How how do we sort of connect the dots between the story and the dream so that the stories lead to the thing that ultimately will make us thrive or enable us to thrive? Yeah. So I think I was lucky in that I had experienced it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to experience it at a different place. Okay. So like my happiest work moment was showing up to Reddit art workshop and these kids had a dog (laughs) and Mm -hmm. They were like, we can't go to art class because there's this dog here and he's going to get hit by a car. And so I asked for permission to bring the dog inside the building and we were allowed to. And then I had kids, instead of draw self-portraits, they drew portraits of the dog. Mm. And then I made a leash out of a skipping rope. Mm -hmm. And then we took and put my cell phone number on it and we were like, lost dog and my cell phone. And then we went through the community and eventually his dog, like (laughs) someone opened their front window. It was weird. Uh, We passed the dog through and found a home. So that was my happiest moment. So I was like, if I could get a job where I get to do that and it, and it didn't have to, and I knew it didn't have to be the arts and it didn't need to be kids and it didn't need to be children, but where was a place where people had a problem and I could like be beside them, helping them. Yeah. Right. So I think because I had had a taste of it, I knew I just wanted to taste that in a different place. (sighs) I just haven't met anyone who's never tasted it. 
Right. And I think this happens all the time to your point. You know, it's, it's, it's that we know the things that, that light us up. Here's the, one of the, the, the bones I have to pick, I suppose, yeah. is that when we look at a, at a job description, you yeah. know, actually last year, or maybe it was two years ago, I, I called uh, an account executive at Indeed, <laughs> like yeah. the job posting website. Yeah. And I said, hey, account executive, if you were to take the aggregate of the 10,000 most recent job postings, yeah. how, how many words would you say are, are in these job postings? And, yeah. and, and he said to me, he said, I would probably guess between 250 and 300 words. Yeah. And I kind of just was disappointed in hearing that because my, my thought was, how does a potential job seeker yeah. know what they're signing up for in 250 to 300 words? You yeah. know, you, you don't even get past the skills requirements in education. You don't understand the culture or what that feeling is like. So for a, cer- for a certain person who's maybe gone through these steps and started to find their career stories, yeah, how do they then start to envision what that might look like practically or, or in a job when, if I were to generalize, the job description doesn't do a very good job of actually saying how and what they're going to do when they're at work? Yeah. So I think before you make the decision of like how you're going to sell yourself Mm -hmm. and like what your brand is and what you're going for is you test Mm -hmm. an experiment. Like you, you like the easiest and the one I don't love to do because I think people are very resistant to it now, but like talking to people, but (laughs) any chance that you have to try and do the thing. So either within like, like, in my own company, I asked for HR tasks. They gave them to me. I didn't like them, <laughs> right? Like that's a big mm-hmm. hint. Hey, mm-hmm. try something else, right? Right, right? So usually I'll say, write like a 10 of list, like of 10 possible selves, yeah. 10 possible things you want to do. And either depending where you are, choose the easiest yeah. or choose, you know, the, choose the most risky and then experiment. So either as a yeah. side project, as like, as a home thing, maybe you're taking a class, but testing it out and knowing what it's really like before you start putting yourself out there. You know, I, I want to add to this if, if I can, because yeah, um, yesterday I'm going to be dating this uh, episode. Yesterday I had a conversation with Alan Scott and he was the co-creator and executive director of the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> and uh, I saw uh, a post that said that the Queen's Gambit took 30 years and nine rewrites before it was finally accepted by Netflix. And I asked him about his journey. I said, how do yeah. you stick with something for 30 years and rewrite it nine times? He said, well, yeah. I've put out 13 movies in 30 years too. It's not the only project that I was working on. Yeah. And he said to me, I said, I said, this is incredible. He said, just because it's on the back burner doesn't mean it's off the stove. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what you're saying, right? Put put yeah. these things on the on the back burner while you're still doing what, what you're we're thriving in or working hard on or what's maybe making you money, but continue to refine and experiment and test and add different ingredients uh, so then we can slowly have that move to the front, be the priority, and then excel. Is that something that would be safe to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So then as we start to wrap up, I, uh, you know, time flies on the one degree shift podcast, by the way, especially (laughs) when you're having fun like this, I want to better understand, um, you were sharing with me before our conversation started that there are a series of exercises in your book. One of them comes at the start, which by the way, I hope everyone is, is picking out career stories. What can we do practically right now to start this process? Uh, what step or what action or what exercise can uh, can people begin with aside from ordering the book uh, that'll get us on the right journey? Yeah, well, the index card one, right? Mm-hmm. So like spend a couple minutes a day going, hey, when was the time that I felt alive at work? 
that you were like, I can't believe I get paid for this. It was that Mm -hmm. moment. Don't judge it. Don't think it needs to be bigger. Like it, like mine was a dog story, right? Right. right. (laughs) uh, Write it on one card, step away, come back the next day, write another one and do that for seven to 10 days. Mm -hmm. After seven to 10 days, look at those stories and go, what skill or strength did I use? And then the way, the same way that you asked the Indeed guy, what words keep coming up, right? And each story, what, like, what three or four words do you keep talking about? And that's your core. So you can kind of go, well, at least I know at my core, these are the things that make me happy. And I think starting there, instead of looking at what's available, um, because you can change what's available, right? And Mm -hmm. you can build what's available. If Mm -hmm. you start there and it's not perfect, you're always rewriting. And that's Mm -hmm. just frustrating. Yeah. So I'd say start with index cards. Awesome. Carrie, yeah. this has been awesome. Is there, is there anything else that you want to share with us today? Uh, anywhere that people can reach out to connect with you? Uh, so I hang out a lot on LinkedIn. You've seen me there. <laughs> uh, so LinkedIn is where uh, I'm, I'm most active in sharing ideas. Um, yeah, I have a website. It's career-stories.com. Like not spelling the word hyphen, but you know, the dash. <laughs> yep. um, <laughs> Um, yeah. And I occasionally update that, uh, but LinkedIn is a great place. Yeah. Cool. Carrie, this has been uh, such a great conversation. I hope, uh, those that are listening, grab career stories. Thanks for, so much for joining. Yes. You're welcome. Nice to see Bye-bye. you. Bye.